Welcome back to the Better Men, Better Ball Player Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cobb. I want to thank you for joining us here on our 69th episode of the podcast and a pretty special episode because it's actually beyond talking to another incredible person. Um, this is our first episode with our first sponsor. I want to thank the guy, Will Miner, and the guys at Netting Professionals. Uh, this is our new sponsor. If you guys don't know it, Netting Professionals, they are improving programs one facility at a time. These guys specialize in the design, fabrication, installation of custom netting for backstops, batting cages, dugouts, scoreboards, BP screens, and ball carts. Um, they also do digital graphic wall padding, windscreen, turf, turf protectors, dugout benches, dugout cubbies, and more. Um, very quality products, service to many recreation, high schools, college fields, facilities, and stadiums throughout the country. Contact Will, contact the netting professionals today at 844-620-2707. You can email them at info at nettingprofessionals.com, nettingpros.com. You can visit them online at nettingpros.com. But feel free to check them out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn um, for all their latest products and projects that they're doing. Uh, so again, just want to thank you, thank you to Will and, and the guys there at Netting Pros. Um, check us out at Netting Pros Chat. I'm, I'm I'm really happy to be part of that group. There's some great guys um, doing it the right way, and and it was just part of our mission and what we're doing. And, and I was glad to have a conversation with Will about this, and really excited about that, and um, really fortunate to uh, continue having great people, uh, being surrounded by great people. So and Will Miner's that guy. So again, Netting, Netting Pros, thank you for the sponsorship. Appreciate it. Because um, we get to have another great conversation with another great coach of Steve Roof. Steve Roof is the head coach at Madison Central High School in Kentucky. Uh, he needs a dude, uh, a constant learner, um, a guy that uh, has a huge work ethic, and he's not a guy that's just going to say it, he's going to do it. He's not going to expect his kids to perform one way and not do the other. He's not a do as I say, not as I do. He's a doer. Uh, and, and if his kids aren't doing it right, he's going to first look at himself. Uh, Coach Roof just finished up his 21st year at uh, Madison, coach of the Indian baseball team. He's have a record of 526. He's the over 500 game winner, only lost 220, 224, and has one tie. Uh, for those who don't know, Kentucky is one state champion. Everybody gets put into the hat, and then they have regions. Um, they have districts. They have regions. Uh, and so it's extremely competitive, and he's won his 11th region title in 2015 and 2018. He's been the runner-up three different times. Just this past year in 2021, he was the region runner-up, and in 14 and in 2005 was also the runner-up. They've won 18 district championships. Coach Roof has won 18 different district state championships. They continue to win a consistent win. That's one of the hardest things about Ray Pro is the consistency. Uh, and in, he has been the regional coach of the year in 2010 and 2014. Um, he also worked with USA Baseball and um, is just an incredible constant learner, has friends throughout the country uh, as he continues to learn, takes pieces from everyone as he continues to find the best way to run his program. So Coach Roof, uh, you'll get a chance to hear just the great things that he does in his program from base running all the way to his leadership classroom sessions and how he just dives into each individual kid, maybe giving them a video of what they might need at that time. Um, but just a another grateful relationship that I've been able to start. You know, It helps me get better in what I'm trying to do and how I can do things a little bit better. So Coach Rufa, can't thank you enough for the time. Uh, you guys, make sure your notes are ready. <laughs> I had took a ton of notes, um, and like I said, he really helped me get better, and it just dives into a ton of details, and he learns from the best. He's always willing to learn from the best and travel to the places to go find and, and help his kids. So it's uh, it's incredible. So enjoy the conversation. Again, thank you to those guys at Nettie Pros, Will Miner. Appreciate you guys. And here he is, Coach Steve Roof from Madison Central High School. Over COVID, you know, we all had a lot of time. So I just started coming up with ideas like installs really for our younger coaches, our JV and our freshmen. And just what do we do? I've always kind of known, you know, I've always had a, an idea. I use previous practice plans, but it was finally just kind of sitting down with some other coaches and all the, all the things we did over COVID. And I just wanted something on paper of what we do. And it, it's really, it started, I coached at EKU, Eastern Kentucky University under Coach Ward and, 
he was with the Kansas City Royals way back when. And it's just kind of all, it's evolved, uh, kind of the base running system that he uses. And I've just kind of adapted it for high school, so to speak. But really just day one is is like probably everyone is just teaching a different pass to first base. So, I mean, straight through a question mark or a ball in the air. I, I think the thing I tried to add was this, you know, our terminology. So all the kids could use it from, you know, I even gave it to our middle school coaches but uh, it just finding little things that we can do to maybe get an advantage. So, like, let's say take going to first base, some things you always notice. The runner peels off or he just keeps going. So I, I got them all together, and we got a tape measure. And I said, you know, when you break down right here, this is the distance to second base. But when you peel off four or five steps, you've just added five or six feet. Or if you keep running and don't break down, look at the distance you've gained. And it's always like, well, coach, all right, those these things are small. But but we as we go through the year, you start to see that guy bang, bang, thrown out just by a step. I mean, how many people have done that? And they start to buy into all these little things do matter. So that's just where it started. And we kept going. I mean, you know, day two is our sliding. I, I love that day. I actually always put it on our Twitter. We, we sit down. We just tell a story about how you sit crisscross applesauce, put a leg out in front. You know, then hold your hands up, lift the laid leg, you know, and we pull them so they understand that you should really slide on your butt, not on your knee or yeah. the side of the leg. So, you know, how many people do that? They're afraid to slide. You cannot be really a base running team if you don't want to get dirty. Mm. So we get dirty every day, either dive backs or sliding. So I think you have to teach all those little things before you become who you want to be. So then we pull each other, and it actually becomes a lot of fun. One guy's pulling one guy 10 yards. They turn around, they pull the other one, and they're all, everyone's laughing. But then they understand, like, okay, yeah, this, this makes sense. And then we do a little a game, you know. You're going to see who can pull the guy the fastest for 10 yards. And then, and just, you know, that's really what it is. And, and, and it just goes from there. Then it's at first base. How do you take a lead? Then it's second base. Uh, the secondary leads another big one is landing when the ball crosses the plate. Most kids land too early. Yeah. So I then work on, we work on that. And then, you know, the straight line towards the base is another one. I see that all the time, especially when we're, you know, you're in the home dugout, we're looking over at second base. The guy will skip towards the outfield. He's already lost another foot. So again, I can show him with the tape measure. As you skip this way, you've lost, you've lost distance. We're not gaining ground. We're actually still in the same spot. So um, I, each, each progression, I try to find like the coaching point, something that will help everyone understand. And it's all about that 1% better, right? Trying to get a little bit better than our opponent. It, it's the difference in ball games that's safer out at one of the bases. And you can kind of, that kind of magnifies into every, every aspect of, of the program, whether it be defense or the way we take BP or getting a sign. Uh, it's just everything we do. So that, that's how we start. I mean, we do a measured lead at first, second, even third. And and we have all, we have a lot of different rules, and we have to be aggressive. Rarely we're just going to get three or four hits and score runs. Now, this year's team was different. We had a team that could score a lot. But um, we're going to score. And, and we, what we found with the base running is not just, it's not just stealing the bases. It's putting pressure on the opposing team, and we end up getting a lot more fastballs. So our hitters will benefit when we run, when we're aggressive. So sometimes we might even give up an out early in the game, but we might put pressure on that pitcher to know, hey, they are going to run. I got to be a little quicker to the plate. I got to throw more fastballs. And then our hitters benefit. So, you know, going on like versus a lefty, the lefty that picks up, and I hate giving away too much stuff, but like the lefty that will pick <laughs> up pause and read us, so to speak. Well, we're going to fake steal and we're going to do some things and we're going to make him really wonder and think and just get him out of his game. And we've seen that that guy that throws really hard that doesn't like to hold runners, and we, we've been able to get to him and, and really make him struggle, uh, if nothing more than just the fake steal or the delay steal or the hit and run. Or it, it's just trying to do different things to disrupt their timing. You know, the pitcher's trying to disrupt our timing, so we feel like on the bases or their short game or the fake bunt or anything that we can do, it kind of builds on each other and, and causes havoc. And, and in the end, I think it helps us offensively. Sure does. I love too what you're saying. Like it, 
it's about 1% better, but it also seems like you're also saying the tape measure comes out because here's why. Here's why it happened. Here's the purpose behind it, too. And I think that really shows more, create more buy into what you're trying to do. I mean, that's what we've learned over the years, right? In the beginning, you know, I've been doing this 20 plus years. It was do this because I said so. Right. It's why do we do that? And I used to get really frustrated when a kid would would ask that question. But now it's more like I want you to ask that question. I want you to know why we do it. It's really okay. I don't have all the answers because you can go on online or anywhere and find someone who might be doing it a little differently. So I want them to know why we're doing it. And I think it creates more buy-in. And, and in the end, like, a, you know, the seniors get it after three or four years, and then they start to explain it to the younger guys. And that's how the culture is formed. But like it, nice. I mean, it's everything. It, it's, it, it could be on a year that we don't have a lot of speed. We might not steal a lot of bases. So then maybe we're going to be great at dirt balls. Or, uh, you know, and I just heard this last week, who reads the dirt balls better than anyone else? It's the catcher. That's why we read the catcher. We're, you know, I used to try to read the flight of the ball. But, but it just wasn't working. So as, I, as we've included that, and I got that from Butch, basically, is getting reading those knees going to the ground or the angle. Uh, this is why we do it. And if you're, if you're a speed guy and he's going to his knees, we expect you to go. If you're not a speed guy and he might have to go to the angle a little bit, we're going to read the bounce or the carom. But th- that has to happen. We can't just sit at first base and expect to get three hits off of, you know, a dog, a number one pitcher, so to speak, every time. But um, that's where it came into play. Um, it was simple rules of this is why we at first base we're going to do this. At second base, you know, we're going to make sure we can get there. Or third base, it's harder. Anything up the line, it's, it's a no-brainer as that ball carries out. I, I'm adding stuff all the time. Just last week, you know, I was out in Arizona USA Baseball, and we went out to eat, and we were talking about third base. I always taught right, left, right, three steps, and then two steps back. Yep. One of the coaches was like, why, why would you do that? You've increased your distance. We use a tape measure. I went, oh, my goodness, that's what we do. He said, why wouldn't you just get a little bit off the line? So not almost like a three and a half or three and a one. So this thing is always evolving. As I talk to more coaches, learn different ideas. And uh, I, I immediately went, you're right, I, and we're going to change that next year. Um, so, so you're, you're saying like a three-step lead and then getting a one shuffle, basically. Yeah, I used to go, no, right, left, right, off the base, and then two steps yep. in foul territory, right? Yep. You don't always want to get deep into foul territory. But the, this coach, particular coach, was like, why don't you get a little closer? It doesn't make – and I was like, yeah, it does make sense. Because I used to even at second, you know, I used to go with two outs. We would go into like a five-and-two lead. Yep. I started going, let's just put pressure on them. Let's stay up in the baseline even if you're not running. We might lose a little bit on the turn. But I just, again, I saw pitchers picking up, looking at us or trying to rush or do, when we start getting pitchers that do three, four, five looks at second base, we already know that we're, we're starting to win that battle mm-hmm. because they're so concerned about us on the bases. But then on the flip side, if they fall asleep and don't hold us and get into a pattern of just one look, we're going to take third base. Measured lead. Uh, we'll use the stopwatch. Everyone kind of knows their time. What are you from first to second? Um, and then it's just kind of a calculated game. Sometimes you have to risk it. I mean, as you know, every baseball guy knows, but a high school kid doesn't understand. Like if you're the nine hole hitter and there's two strikes and you run and I get thrown out, you know, they're having to hear that from their mom that what, what are you doing? Why, mm-hmm. why are you, but I have to explain to them, Hey, we got the leadoff hitter up next, you know, when, and you used to think that all high school kids, Oh, they should just know that, but they don't, they don't understand all the ins and outs. So it's really a game you're teaching from day one to the last game of the year. And, um, you know, I keep a notebook like a lot of the guys you've had on here do, and I'm writing stuff throughout the game. And even in the championship game that we lost at the end, an umpire came up and said, dude, you're always teaching. Cause I, I pulled a kid in the fourth inning, man, we, we got to do this a little better. And that's really what we are as coaches. I think we're, we're teachers, teachers first and from the beginning to the end. And that's not just during high school. That's after they graduate. That that's throughout life. It's telling life stories of these are my mistakes. I'm not perfect. I'm going to make mistakes throughout, and I give them to them. You know, hey, you just struck out three times. But let me tell you what happened last night. You know, my youngest son threw up, and I had to clean it up. I've been up all night. They just kind of look at you like, hey, life is real. So um, it's what you're trying to do, right? It's it's teaching baseball through the game, and, and just trying to teach those life lessons and and the base run and just having an install of how we do things 
that's where that's where COVID was very beneficial to me is I started to write more things down on paper instead of just I, use, I always review the practice plans. I'm actually doing that now. I kind of go through what worked, what didn't work. We spent a lot of time on this. You know, in the beginning, it was first and third. I was always big. We're going to be great at all these different things, all these situations. Well, first and third didn't happen one time this year. Not once did we get a situation. Well, I mean, we had one guy leave early, but it wasn't like you just spend 20 minutes a day on it. You have yeah. to cover. You got to have to. You have to cover it. But we simplified it. We simplified it by using just a call system again. I got from Butch, so it. It, it made it really easy, and we were able to perform. Hey, we're either going to try to get the guy on third or the guy on first. And the team, I got everyone to understand, hey, on this situation, this man on third can't score. He cannot score. When are they going to do it? Usually with two outs and two strikes. Mm-hmm. Be off the first, on a leave early, it's usually off the first throw of the pitcher or the throw off from the shortstop. So it's teaching the kids how to do it and what they're trying to do. And then once they kind of understand that concept, I think it's a lot easier to install, and I'm not spending all my time practicing first and third. We're going to practice the things that win games or happen the most. Yeah, uh, ground balls, short, you know, slow rollers, all those things that you have to be able to do to win. But I'm not saying we don't cover it; we do. But in the beginning of my career, I probably spent too much time on a first. I mean, I could spend 30 minutes, you know, my first five or 10. You know, oh, we got to cover all these situations every day. And I was like, all right, we got really good at it. Well, it happens three or four times, mm-hmm. you know. And then, but we couldn't feel the slow roller or turn the double play. Mm-hmm. Or we missed the cutoff man. Or we didn't understand how to do all these other little things. So, I mean, the things that really matter. So that's where I've kind of shifted my focus on, you know, if you play catch at a high level, you're going to be able to execute a rundown. If you're going to be able, you know, you're also going to be able to throw strikes, attack the zone, or hit the cutoff. So we're going to spend a lot more time, and this has just evolved over the last 20 years. You know, that first 20 minutes of practice is really important. Playing catch, a high level, I'm always out there. I want my coaches out there. You know, we're going. To, this is my time. If you can play catch at a high level, we got a shot. And and that evolved from just go right into the rundowns and just let them get loose. That's what I've been able to do over the last 20 years in terms of just learning from others. Mm-hmm. And probably, like you said, you're looking back through your practice plans, looking back through the, through the games and saying, here's what happened a lot or here's what didn't happen. Right. I mean, so for instance, on the base runner again, you know, double steal, the backside runner doesn't go. <laughs> he sits there, you know, first yeah. and second, or, or, dirt, or even, let's just say a dirt ball or, or either one, because we, everyone has the green light in our program. So that was something that wasn't covered by me. And I have to look at those guys and say, I did a poor job here. I've not explained this the way, you know, I should have. And then uh, TCU was doing their base running thing. I think it was one of the, who knows what, one of the, you know, all those things we look at, podcast, I mean, not podcast, but Zooms. And they actually do a drill where they open up a little bit and they read that guy second. And the rules are, if you're going to go at second, then you got to go. And then we're, we're trailing. And I'd never explained that. So it was a couple of years. I actually put that down and we, we got that in and we've gotten a lot better at it. So it's just really, it's failures that you have to look through or things that didn't work out. Then it's to the drawing board of what do we need to do better? Why didn't he understand this? Why didn't my player do what I wanted him to do? And I try to take all the blame. It's really not all the blame, but it's on us as coaches. You know, if it, you can't just sit back and complain. Oh, we don't have a guy that can do this. It used to be our pitchers. You know, we'd, we'd face the D1 guy and we'd have a guy throwing whatever. We better come up with a better changeup or a, a good breaking ball, something that can compete instead of sitting around complaining all the time that this isn't going to work. And it, it's a struggle. to everyone, It's easy to sit back and just say, we can't do this or we don't have this. But, but that's not life. you you got to find a way to compete and do things and, and get our kids to buy into, hey, we can still win. Good change up, throw the fastball away, uh, and a good breaking ball. So it was a visit with Coach Held up at Defiance, and I got to watch how he did his breaking balls. And we immediately took his throwing program and the way he teaches a breaking ball, and we added it here. And, you know, it's changed a little bit. So, you know, maybe I, you know, we add this, this kind of neon softball, like green and pink, and we throw that a little bit in the beginning with the breaking balls. I, I, I saw that at Pitchapalooza. Um that that's all it is. It's just trying to figure out what's not working and how can we get a little better. Uh, and then, the, and that's what, that's what we did with the base run. 
And so, Coach, let me ask you this thing, because this is where I I have very been challenged and, and I find myself where I could get better is, and I think Coach Hell does an amazing job at this because he goes, to, he, he went to driveline right from the, one of the, from the get-goes. How do you stick with what's working? That's the hard part, right? I mean, and in the beginning, we're probably all guilty. Let's grab the new thing and let's put this in our program. And let's put that in our program. And you could go back to my first 10 years. I would apologize to some of those teams because there were so much new things coming out. Right. I want to try. Let's do the ranch program this year. Yeah. Let's do the drive line program. And then it gets really confusing. So I think as you grow older and mature, you gotta you got to look at all this information and maybe only pick one or two things that work or can be implemented into your program. So like Coach Hell, we've done this throwing drills for, I don't know, seven or eight years now, and they've worked. Now, there's always some better drills here. Or you could do this one. I might tweak one of them, but we're not going to just throw away what we've been doing just because the new thing has come out. But I think that's a challenge, especially over COVID, right? Every night there was yeah. a different line. And you go, man, I want to be great at that. Oh, wow, that would work. You got to know your guys. You got to know what you're trying to do. Obviously, you know, our focus is on ourselves, the, the opponent. It's just, that's who they are. I'm not going to worry about what they do as much. We got to be great at these things. And if you can get your team to kind of buy in, we kind of zeroed it down to play catch at a high level. We got to attack the zone. And from an offensive standpoint, we really have used the quality of bats or, you know, and a bat for each other. It's a team AB, especially with two strikes. We're going to, we're going to sacrifice what we do for the, for the whole group. And you talking about the challenge with guys, uh, getting a high school kid to go, the team is more important than me. You know, everyone wants to win, but it's all about really my, you know, they hear from the outside, it's about promoting yourself or, you know, buying into what you're doing. It, that That is the challenge. For sure. You know, it's a fear of missing out too with everything. And you got so much content out there that you're just like, oh man, this would be great. Why aren't we doing this? But yeah, you got to be, like I said, I think I've been mature enough to been confident enough to say what's, what you do is working, you know? And that's why I remember Coach Held, you know, just like, he's like, yeah, this stuff's great. You know, he's like, but our success, you know, kind of speaks for itself and the results are working. So we're going to stick with the process. You know, then you also hear other guys like Coach Mosley would talk about then individualizing it. So yeah. we did kind of then go to that more. You know, I do have our base, our couple of drills that we like, but some kids might not need to do a step back or, or whatever. And we're going to go more into an individual program for this guy. Hey, I want you to do this when you, you know, whatever, whatever drill it could be. We got to find something that's going to work for you. So it's kind of a general introduction. And then it's breaking kids down into this quadrant, these group, you know, on this quadrant, we need to work on this. And for these guys, you might need to work more on this. And, and that's the challenge and really the fun part of coaching. Finding what works. That's right. So you said you basically have taking the stuff that you're learning from and then really trying to individualize it based on what the kids need. Right. You know, Coach Box is a good friend of mine too. And, and he talks about doing an individual plan for each person he's super detailed mm -hmm. uh we're not to that point yet but it is about all year kind of you know i have them in a weight room class with me um for one period so I'm, I'm in contact with them every day and in kentucky you can work with them every day there's no restrictions okay so it's finding that balance of not doing too much you know seven days a week versus this is what we need to do but it's really about making having those conversations before after you know we do the meetings before Right after trials, we have a, like an, a real detailed meeting. But throughout the year in the summer, even now, it's just kind of texting guys, hey, we need to gain 10 more pounds or we need to get faster. Or this college coach said this the other day. I want you to look. This is what we got to do. And then it's about getting them to buy in to uh, making them understand that they are in control. I'm going to help them. We're going to be there with along for the ride. But once they kind of buy into I'm in charge of my development, I think that's a win for the program is getting them to understand that you are the guy. You're the driver of your own bus, per se, to take mm -hmm. like a jungle. That's what we, with the leadership stuff that we do, the way we organize practice and the individual plan of all year it, is getting them to find what's going to work for them. You know, I'm a, not a power pitcher. I'm, I throw 78. You still can be effective. Yes. You know, I'm a speed guy. Well, so I'm not going to sit there and try to hit home runs. I'm, you know, I'm either a run producer 
or my job is to get on base and score runs. What, what, what are you? Let's break it down into categories and find something that's going to work for you. You know, you're a run producer, run score. That's good. Yeah, you're one of the two. I mean, you can yep, break it. That's down. it. That's as simple you as that. That's good. That's really good. If you want to. But I mean, really, it kind of comes down to that. I mean, there's, you have to speak. Some people break it into more categories. That's kind of, we try to make Yeah, yeah I heard like the buffalo, you know, the deer, right. you know, like that's basically who are you? Yeah. And, and on the basis, we also kind of, you're either kind of be the fast guy. Or then we've used all kind of different animals. Sometimes I'll say an elephant, but you know, we just kind of kid around. They know who they are. Yeah, right. I think that's part of it is getting kids to understand what what you are. And you can all everyone can contribute, right? That, that's another thing from Butch was just using those games. I've always kind of done that. They, our local newspaper actually wrote an article about how I'll be 10 to 1 and he's ready to go home. Next thing you know, an hour later, it's 10 to 7 or whatever. I'm, I'm also going to try to get everyone in the game and try to find out what their strength is or weakness. Um, we've even broken it down into our season because, like I was telling you before, in Kentucky, everyone makes the tournament. It's a blind draw at the end. So 36 games for us, where our district also draws, it they, they matter, but they don't matter. So it, your mm-hmm. record, it, it can be whatever it is. So we've broken it down into the first third of the season. We're going to give people opportunities. You know, our shortstop went to, is going to Louisville, senior. But there were a couple of games in the beginning where he sat and maybe just was the DH because, um, you know, we were going to use him on the mound. So if you're going to if we're going to get to the end of the season and you're going to be on the mound, then in our most important game, I better have somebody ready at shortstop. So we use that first first third of the season to give as many people a shot as we can. Even sometimes it might cost us a game, but we, we might learn that that guy can't do it too, right? So, I mean, it goes both ways. Then that second third of the season, say there were five outfielders that might now get down to four or, or what it starts to kind of shrink in. And then that last third of the season, this is kind of what we're doing. Doesn't mean we're final, but when when my third base is going to pitch, this guy's got to be ready to play third. And I, I had to learn that the hard way, right? Over in, During my 20 years, getting to the final game, that game that matters. And I got my shortstop down on the mound and the backup shortstop only played two games there. And mm-hmm. then he makes a crucial error. So it's really 36 games in Kentucky to get ready, ready for the postseason and teaching those kids and you know, giving them the opportunity and learning from our mistakes. Uh, you know, you hate to have those, but, and, and that's where the teaching comes from do, doing the game. Just, just to keep it going to get ready. I like how you break the seasons up like that. You know, it's that way kids kind of, even when you're maybe doing the planning, say, all right, for this first third of the season, like here's maybe your goals. Okay. Now second, third, like here's where we're at. You can almost have those, like your kind of meetings and your plan when you're individualizing kind of almost fit into those blocks. Right. And, and then, like I said, the hardest part is those conversations, even in the beginning, you know, we had the COVID year and I have these, you know, these college guys and I'm all of a sudden saying, Hey, you know, there's going to be some games where you won't play. Well, are you serious? You mean yeah. I, I want to play every game? Hey, everyone wants to play every game, but if you're going to be on the mound, we got to have this guy ready. And you can kind of see the light bulb start to go off. Like, oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Because because ultimately, no one's going to remember your stats. You know, in ten years, we're not talking about your four. What was your average? Like, I always go, what was my average in high school? Let me tell you about all the things I did in high school. Of course, they start to fall asleep. Like, okay. Really, <laughs> yeah, our team. I can tell you what we did at the end, and we lost. And I really still think about that game. Are the team that dogpiled in 2018? Are those are things that oh, that's we're going to always talk about that team. But listen, guys, that 2019 team was just as good. You don't talk about them. You only talk about these. And to be remembered, to get you know in the community. I think a lot of guys are going to live here. Let's buy into that team concept, and let's have this one goal. And that that is the challenge, but but it we've been able to do that uh, through some of the stuff we do with the leadership classes, just the conversations, just the meetings. I would tell you, that, like I said, in the first ten to twelve years, I would go back and apologize. It was more about just do it this way. I want to win, None of the, and we just didn't see it. But the last six or seven years, we kind of adopted, you know, family like everyone else. Serve your teammates, and what does that actually mean? And talking about that. And it's a lot of fun to serve others. It's not as fun to look just at yourself. And, you know, 
like I said, in this world, <laughs> that's not an easy answer. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we know that. And it's a struggle for coaches. So just, uh, you know, addressing that through through some of your players, just talking to them, not saying we're just going to, hey, we're not going to just lose. not going to stick anyone out there. They have to earn it. So, it, you know, we have standards. But um, there, I need you to buy into the team concept that we had 12 guys this year that would all pretty good and they could have played on any other you know any other high school team so to get 12 guys to mesh and to pull for each other 12 hitters I mean um it was a challenge but it worked and that's fun when it does come together in the end for sure so that's what got me thinking about it so it's funny how you kind of led into that as like the the classroom sessions like when are you having these conversations and how are you building that up like is that You've already talked about the first 20 minutes of practice, something you do even before you start practice, or is it a specific day of the week? I know you see them every day at school. Are you doing in the mornings? You know, how do you, uh, how are you able to incorporate that? Well, in the beginning, it was just like a, a, it was a quote of the day or a video I would put online, but then COVID challenged me and I, we, we became online, right? So I, we went to a Google classroom. Mm. So my class was a Google classroom last year. So I said, okay, well, so a lot of those videos I started putting on them and then, Put down a jot, J-O-T, just one thing. You know, I just need to one one thing you learn from this video. And then we've done a book in the past. We've done several of them. In the fall, I'd pass it around. Somebody would read a chapter. They would get up and talk about it. Or I might have, you know, maybe you're really negative. And I might say, listen, let's me and you read the energy bus together. So two kids might be having to text me that night what they learned from that book. But we've always done something like that on a team book. But this year, I went to more of a Google Classroom. I would take ch- chapters from maybe like um, Chop Wood, Carry Water, you know, and we would we might discuss that. Or it might be an article that I get off, offline or, you know, you, you had Michael Jordan last year. I might throw that video on there and say, what did you see here? Or Kobe. Different things. They, all the videos don't hit everyone at every time. Sure. I, it's about 30, 30%, 30 to 40%. This video today might resonate with you and somebody might be going why are we doing this i I don't understand it why why does coach always have us do all this crazy stuff here but then eventually like i said sometimes i think we finally get around to almost everyone and that's the goal is to reach everyone it doesn't happen every year you know there's relationships we know how crucial they are but some kid might just need this and some kid might need that and that that is the challenge and so like what are uh, when you is is all of your leadership stuff and classroom sessions are they all just individual based like they say most time or are you will you say like here here's what our team kind of needs went to a classroom you know tim corbin and a lot of the coaches i've met you know chuck box and some that have done this and and i said let's try that so we did one per week and I, i picked out some 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 topics you know leadership or body language adversity, hard work, what is toughness? And we did it once a week in a classroom setting. We did the Google classroom in the fall. That was every, that was two or three times a week. The book reading was part of, was part of that. Now I might not have a classroom setting per, per se on that, but I would talk to certain guys. Hey, hey, did this, did this mean anything to you? Or what did you think of this? Or a text, you know, a lot of times I'll send stuff in a text or like a, a maybe just to the seniors or maybe just to the pitchers. Or, or whatever it is, but there, there was a classroom setting this year, which I really loved. I'm going to extend that. I'm actually going to change that. I'm going to do more of that in the fall, working on that really now. And then there's always been the quote before the practice. So if you went back 20 years, I've always done memorize a quote or watch the video. And we've had those lessons, but now we've kind of taken it to a little, a different level. And, and just by listening like to your podcast or listening to what other coaches do. So memorize a quote before practice. So basically you would say that, and it's something probably I would assume that's something that what you guys kind of need at the time, whether that might be confidence, whether that might be preparation, body language. It, it could be anything. It could be like you're the driver of your own bus or men's search for meaning. What a great book. Like taking some of that out, explaining what it was like to get off the train and a guy hold his finger and send you one way or the other <laughs> to death, or you're going to work yourself to death. I was like, so what, what lessons can be learned there of, Hey, I know you, you just, you've had a bad day. You're over 30 or you're struggling in school or your girlfriend broke up with you, but let's learn through history and life of some things that have happened. And it, maybe it's not so bad <laughs> that you're not at a concentration camp yeah. or 
you know, all those things happen kind of into that. So what next pitch mentality, that's kind of our basis of what we try to go with. I'm not trying to diminish what you're going through or, or the problems you're having. Hey, here again, I constantly talk about, Hey, let me tell you what happened to me last night. It, it's been a tough uh, communication or, you know, just talking with your, with your wife or your kids. So, but maybe we can learn something through the lessons of others, whether it be a book or a, a movie or a podcast. I try to just give them different things to let them see. We always say it's bigger than baseball. We're, we're trying to develop men. That would be my ultimate goal is to develop, you know, and we've all talked about the guy comes back five or 10 years. Thank you so much. Or I now understand. We know they're not going to get it all the time in high school, but can we get them to maturity? Uh, that is huge in terms of development. Just it helps the baseball too. If we can develop them as men, get them to buy into, I, I own, I'm the driver of my own bus, so to speak. It will also help the team. The individuals getting better collectively then can turn into a better team that then, uh, then we can talk about team goals as well. Yes. Yeah, so, so speaking of that then, so will you put that in front of your team goals or are you like, look, it's all, we're always trying to win the district. We're always trying to win the region. It's always about those team goals. Like how do you balance between those two? I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty simple in terms of build better men and be the best team in the state of Kentucky. We don't spend a lot of time on though. We want to, we just want to get 1% better every day. Yep. We can't control all those things, right? You can, you can throw the perfect pitch. He can check swing and it goes right over the first baseman's head and lands perfectly. You, you know, when that ball leaves their hands, you, the guy can hit it hard right at somebody. He can hit it hard for a hit. He can have a bad swing and it's still falling a hit. All right. You know, the bad swing and he's out. So there's really four things that can happen. So I just try to, I try to teach them <laughs> that it's not going to always be part. You, you can put in all this work, right. In sports. And that's why we love sports and it might not work out, but let's, but maybe it does work out, you know, three big things that and I talked about the three biggest things you have to decide are the toughest decisions in life is, you know, who are you going to marry? How many kids are you going to have? And what's your job going to be? Those are not really taught in school. So we can use baseball to kind of, help them understand, Hey, you know, I gotta, I gotta work hard to get things that I'm, I want, or I can't just, you know, if I can't act a certain way and get what I want, I, if I want to be this, I want to be, I want to, I want to be a good husband in the end. I want to be a good father. I want to do something productive. Um, I love to look at them in a big game. I'll get a group around and say, Hey, I get paid to be here. You know, I'm doing something I absolutely love. I hope you get that in your life. Work hard now so the next 30 to 40 years you you will enjoy. Do something you love. Um, so it's those lessons that we're trying to do. It's, it's not necessarily about this one goal. Yeah, obviously we want to win state title. We know that. It's in front right. of us. Work extremely hard. Um, but I also try to explain we can have fun working hard. You know, we go. I'll go in the weight room and what's that feel like when they're sweaty and they're push the sled 10 times or it, it still feels good, right? Hey, what's the worst thing can happen? You're, you're going to get bigger and stronger or you're going to learn a work habit. You know, I've had parents thank me, you know, my son now knows how to use a rake. <laughs> Just, <laughs> kids nowadays, you know, you have to get them to that point. I mean, some of them have not worked that as hard and, and that to get them to do more than they can uh, to raise the bar, set a higher standard, uh, we know that, you know, not all kids are, are ready for that when they come into the program. So, and then you could, well, you talked about your your middle school teams and your developmental teams and all the coaches. Is that something do you have a vision for that? Maybe how you could expand that and be able to teach those lessons, even in the, the younger guys before you get them? Absolutely. I think the installation stuff like the base running, that's one side of the piece of the puzzle. The other part, you know, it's harder in the middle schools. We play five or six games a night. I mean, it's, yeah. it's 36 games in about eight weeks. Mm. So we also do double headers. Usually a JV varsity double header roll in at 11 o'clock. Yeah. So even the video stuff, like I, I do in the beginning of the year, I will break down those games and then show them what we're doing wrong. But when you start getting in at 11 o'clock, and I usually, I'm usually at the JV and the varsity game, usually with a double header on Saturday, it's usually then becomes more learning from that sheet of paper of the things that we've done wrong. So as I put things down on paper 
and then I maybe meet with the freshman coaches and the JV, and this is what we're doing. And then when I put it on the practice schedule, it's even more important. They can then look and say, okay, because I'm not putting all of it on the practice schedule on how to teach every little thing, Mm -hmm. but they can then go back and if they need a refresher, um, this is how we're going to do it. They can look and see how to do that. I've not done it in every aspect. The base running, the defense is, is two of the things. I'm still, it's it's like a work in progress. And with the middle school coaches, I share this with them. Um, would love to get a little better, you know, a little more connection with those guys as we, as we move forward. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure a lot of people do, you know, because that's one thing, you know, you guys have middle school. Is in the middle school is a, is associated same it's all tied into the high school right it's all that all the guys that you will eventually have right we have three middle schools so some of the kids actually come up and play on our freshman team oh, okay come cool. up stay back so some of the eighth graders actually do come up not a lot of them but some so it, it's just it's a work in progress in terms of three teams all coming to one and that's a challenge in itself of, of it's no more you're no longer with just this middle school we're, we're madison central but we've been able to to do that. There's a lot of pride in our community. Baseball is huge. So um, even from the travel teams down, I have kids that are coming through. So we work with those guys. It's just about being the best you can be and then being ready at the end at your high school season. Yeah. Get 1% better. Like you said, right. Definitely. That's something you, like I guess that is it something you're trying to like kind of mold everybody. Is that, is that the one thing that you try to tie all these, you know, all your teams together with like that same kind of vision, that same kind of maybe mission. Right. I mean, it's I, you know, I would start with family. We're going to serve each other. We're going to work really hard. You know, it doesn't matter. Get better. Brian Kite type thing. Yeah. If you're not where you need to be, if you're not where you want to be, it's either you're not good enough yet or you haven't put in the work. So it's going to be family, hard work. And then there's a toughness aspect of we're going to do some things that are really hard and you've got to be able to handle it. Can you know, I always ask the pitchers, can you throw a breaking ball with a man on second? It seems to always come down to that, right? In the last game, mm-hmm. you got a run on second, a really good hitter up. It's not about can you spin your breaking ball when there's nobody on and you're in the windup. When you're in that final game or those big games, a whole bench on the other side's yelling at you. We're playing some, some big crowds. Can you handle it? That's why we're maybe pushing the sled in November up and down, or we do like an Omaha challenge and we're doing a farmer's walk up and down the football field and flipping tires and all these things that like, why, what does this matter coach? Why are we doing this? It's so you can handle it at the end. So it's really family. It's hard work. Doesn't matter. Get better. And then toughness. That would be kind of my mold. And along that is we're trying to get 1% better every day. It's not going to just happen overnight. Most kids want it just to happen. Uh, I'm struggling hitting this away pit fastball away off the machine. Not going to just happen right now. It's going to be a process. So a really process over results that probably gets overused a little bit. It's all about the process, but we just, that is what it is. Yeah. It takes what it takes, so to speak. Yeah. Brian Kite. Love that, man. Love that. So like really family, hard work, toughness are like the standards of, we would say central of your program. Definitely. And then there's things underneath that, like what does it, and what does it mean? I think it's easy to say like, this is what it is. But that's what we tried to kind of lay out with the classes. So what is a family? You know, you're going to serve your teammates. you got to accept your role. So we talk about roles throughout the year. And that the role is going to change. Just because you're backed up now doesn't mean that's where you're going to be at the end. We all, we're all working to get better at what we're doing. But some, at some point, you are going to have to accept this is who you are. That's what you do in a family, right? You play for each other. We're not going to always get along. Uh, we're not going to always love each other or like each other but we still can love each other. You know, we can't live a perfect day without doing something great for someone else who can never repay you. And they're like, what are you serious? You mean you want me to just do stuff for other people? Absolutely. And that helps you (laughs) to be a better father, to be a, so you got to define, you can't just say family, you got to show them what that means. And that's where like in the leadership class or the videos that, that I can tie in that video of like, remember the Titans where it's left side, strong side, you know, you got a guy not blocking for somebody and that, you know, he calls him out. Well, how hard is that to do when you know someone in our practice is not given a hundred percent, it's too easy just to let him do that. Can you call him out? And, and that's what a family is, right? We're trying to all, we have one goal. We're all trying to get to that goal. So that's how, you know, 
teaching them what 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 it means using video, using these lessons to try to get that buy-in. Mm. I'm just thinking of you seem to be pretty pretty good with the technology and things like that as you kind of chop up the videos, you find out the lesson, you know, remember the Titans and you find a way to do that. Like just I mean, just to say, any, any tricks of the trade like that you've gone so far, like that you've found the videos like how are you finding that you know we all try to we are all getting home late at night and you're trying to find it you want to find this video hey man we're really struggling with you know our adversity and we want to get something like what what what's your process there looking at when you're trying to find something well uh you know coach murphy at alabama softball he's given several presentations and i've actually reached out to him and he sent me a lot he does the same thing okay he learned through video that's yeah. what they they're all on their phone right so he you know, I heard him talking and, I, and he sent me some of the videos that they used mm -hmm. and I kind of used those. And then I started looking for them. I like to read a lot in the off season. So anytime, uh, you know, I'm reading a book and I see something that I'm going to, I'm going to immediately go get it either on YouTube. You know, you can get, you can go on your quick time player and it's just, you do new screen recording. I learned how to do that. Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not selling it or promotes, you know, I'm not doing anything like that. It's just quick little videos that you go, wow, that, that can mean a lot. Like Derek Redman, you know, the, I remember him in Olympics running, he yeah. pulled his hamstring and he, he wanted to finish. And then his dad came out of the stands, you know, what, what an emotional thing that is family, right? When a kid is hurt or he's not, he can't complete something, you're going to help him. So instead of you just winning that race and your team won this competition on this day, let's still root for the guy who might be just struggling on that farmer's walk. Let, let's be a family that video on that particular moment might tie us in. So if I see that that's a problem, you know, we, we I might go to that, you know, just having kind of, you know, a different thing for, you know, like willpower, a, a special needs wrestler who had lost every match. So, Hey, I, I know you're struggling a little bit in what you, where you perceive that you are, but you you too can kind of overcome some of these challenges and, that that's why I found that I think it's been fun to do and, and learning that from coach Murphy, they, they might not listen to when I talk 15 minutes, I, I can ask him, you know, what'd you learn? I also, <laughs> it used to be 15 minutes. Now I'll just try to get him dial in. Give me a minute or just give me 30 seconds. And you always have the one kid in the back who was counting 30 seconds. Yeah. But, I was, but with the video, if I can find something that'll capture their attention, you know, like the last dance or we use the Rocky one clip this year when we were talking about body language or our adversity you get knocked down you know in that scene he just gets crushed a lot of these kids some of them have seen rocky you know i grew up with it so i showed him that two or three minute he's just getting killed by apollo creed and they're even like like stay down rocky stay down but now he gets right back up and you can actually see that look in apollo's face like oh my goodness he is back ready to go so there was a game and we kind of talked about that they jumped up on us and hey remember that rocky let's go we're not done get off the mat and you could just see, and that I'm not saying it worked, but it was just that reference of it's not over, guys. It's not over. We can do this, and we can keep fighting until the end. Mm -hmm. And it's common language too, like what you were saying. Everybody's you're gonna you're creating that language. You're showing that hey, what we did, we're training for this. You know, coach has a plan. He's prepared. You know, I think it just creates good buy-in for all those things. You know, this is exactly. You know, it's because especially in, the, in those heat of the moments, they, they need to be quick. They're short bursts. You're like, hey, remember this and let's get going. You know, so it's it's really it's awesome stuff, coach. I think the common language is it, like you hit on. That's what we're trying to say, right? Like anatomy of a teammate, the Alabama softball player, division one. And he pinch hits for her in the in, in a, like a regional game with a freshman who's not even I don't even know if she's hit or anything. It's a great little video. She comes up and hits a home run or gets a game winning hit. But the person that that was taken out is sitting there clapping for her. So I can't tell that story any better than to show that video and say, this is what it should look like when you are not playing on this day. Or that, you know, this is the division one All-American who's pulling for her teammate. You know, I, I can sit there and explain that. I can tell them a kid five years ago who did this, but they're not listening. But when I can show them, this is what it looks like. Uh, you know, I think they have a better reference or, you know, that language, so to speak, of what it should look like. And this is how I really should act. Not saying they're going to act that way, but they now at least have seen an example of this still does work in life when I pull for a teammate. Mm. 
Absolutely. So that's kind of like your family, uh, your family standard that you're talking about. You know, you would talk about those things. Right. I mean, that, that, that's why I think that's ultimately the hardest part of pulling, getting everyone to pull together, to pull the rope in the same way. Um, one common goal with one purpose. And that was actually one of our hashtags one year was just one goal. You know, we're all wanting to win at the end. Everyone says they want to do, they want to work hard. I want to win a championship. You can ask the parents, but as soon as I'm not playing, something's got to get right. Something's got to change. This is not working. I would rather play than lose than to maybe not play every minute and win. That is just a culture of the, you know, it starts at age seven or eight, right. With travel baseball and we'll, we'll jump onto this team or we'll start this team over here. It's, it's a culture thing that we kind of fight and we've had some success once we adopted this, like I said, it was about seven or eight years ago. It was more of that family we you know, we do some things together fun. We go bowling or right before the region tournament. I now take them out to like, it's like, it's called Gaddy town here. It's like a Dave and Buster's. We mm-hmm. all go out to eat and they, they came up with this on their own. They go win all these games and put all the prize together, all their tickets. And then we buy some kind of rally monkey or something, you know, coastal Carolina that started that five or six years ago. And then we kind of went off that. And, and that became like a family thing. Uh, each year we kind of have a different different version. One year we actually uh, we sacrificed a snake in the second round of the tournament. And a guy who had struck out three times hit a, a game-winning home run. So uh, <laughs> is that the reason we won? No. But is it everyone buying in, yep. cutting off the snake's head? Or, or just it's a we're together, you know. That that is the thing with family and these life lessons that, that hopefully carry them throughout the rest of their life. Mm. Oh man, this is awesome. This has been great, dude. Oh, coach. Um at, I mean we covered base running, we went over. So do you feel like what do you feel is like the best thing that you do in your program? I mean, other than some of what we just talked about, like, I, I don't know if there's one best thing. I think it's just the attention to detail that to everything. It's that yearly plan. Obviously, I feel like batting practice is one of the biggest things that we do. I mean, it's something we're going to do every day. Teaching them how to do to do it right is, is really hard. So, like, my outfield coach will stand out there. He likes to chart how many times somebody gets to a ball. Uh, we're always going to throw balls across in the infield. You know, I'm only going to put 10, you know, a guy at each spot or maybe two. So getting them to, you know, we had a shortstop at Eastern Kentucky who made a play that was on sports center this year. He caught one right way on the line in foul territory. And he texted me and said, thank you for getting on me all those years. Uh, you know, I didn't understand at the time, but I always like, Hey, expand your range. Well, coach, I, I could have got to that ball. They don't lay out for a ball in practice. We'll never know. We'll never know if you could have got to that ball. Why not sell out in practice and let's see what you what you're made of or what you can do? You know, obviously the communication is a big part at that point as well. Like if I can't get that ball, I'm running in as the outfielder. I need to yell, tell the shortstop take it so he doesn't look at me and take my head off. Mm-hmm. But and then from that, like I said, it became almost like I used to do it at the beginning of practice. Who was the dirtiest guy? You know, the dirt bag. Then it, it you know learned from Chuck Box. We went to a dirt bag chart this year. And we got some shirts, some Nike shirts that said dirt bag on the back. So, you know, what is a dirt bag? A guy who does a ball in the dirt, or he might get that bunt down. Great slide, beat the fourth, break up a double play, go from first to third. It's all those things that we try to celebrate that no one else cares about. That's what I think that we kind of can, can do well. Uh, it's just those little things uh, and convincing guys to go above the standard to get better every day. That's what I think we do the best of. And you give them a shirt too, right? I do. Uh, it's it's every couple of games. Actually, we do a little dirt bag. We started that this year. We uh, and it's a lot of pride. It could be just a, a pitcher who covers. You know, we start going. Well, how can a pitcher get a dirt bag shirt, coach? Maybe do the PFP play like we practice every day, or or you know whatever it is, pickoffs. Yeah, we just find ways to celebrate those things that win game that me and you know that win games. Yeah. To the average high school hitter, when are we going to hit, Coach? When are we going to hit? I just want to hit today. <laughs> even, you always get the guy, even at the beginning, like, why are we working all this throwing? You sit there and just grind on us and make us throw it. And I even have a session where if they overthrow it, they have to go get it. So 
uh, you know, the, the detail on playing catch or the competition with the quick hands. Why do we do all this? Right side defense, that doesn't matter, coach. It's not until that game where the guy doesn't cover first that you go, yeah, that was a pretty big play. And then that, that light bulb again goes off when we're doing right side D the next day. Okay, I see what you're saying. And, and I used to just rip them and get completely just go off the charts when that doesn't happen, when it, when it wouldn't happen or back up. But it's you learn from the game what didn't work, what we need to work on. And sometimes they need convincing that this is if I don't do this, this is going to cost us and it might cost me some playing time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that that's just the attention to details. What I think we're we're really good at doing um, from pickoff plays, the back of the bases. We're going to be really fundamental. We're going to, you know, we're going to work on slow rollers. we got a little pregame routine that we're going to do where I have some of my extra help pitchers or, or position players. We're going to hit tons of ground balls. We're going to turn to double play really well. You know, we work a lot on that in the offseason. Uh, two strike adjustments. We're going to, this, this becomes a team AB. I'm going to put the ball in play because we know in high school it, that's, that happens. You, you see errors. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to steal the base from my opponent. I'm going to get the bunt down. You know, can I sacrifice my AB for others? And yeah, sure. We all agree that that has to happen, but there are some kids that go, I don't really want to do that. I just want to hit the two run home. You know, I don't understand. So I think being great at all those things is, is what we've been able to accomplish. And that's, that's some of the things that we do well. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking about dirtbag for pitchers too, like that big play of uh, covering the base, you know, uh, with like a pass ball, you got to catch from the catcher, you know, typically they're kind of getting their nose in there, kind of getting dirty. Might be another play. No, we do. Yeah. We do the three line picks and we have one of the stations is you have to yep. coach those all by the catcher. He runs in and covers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, all those things happen, but yeah, they a lot of a lot of years they sometimes just kind of go through the motion. So it was kind of like, you know, how can we make this more important? And when we started, me, you know, measuring this stuff with the quality of bat or now the dirt bag, it becomes, hey, I got, I, I did that, coach. I won the dirt bag chart. You're right, you, you did. We, we'll get you. You know, I even went to, um, I don't know if this is right or not, but when you get hit by the pitch, we get chicken sandwich from Chick Fil A. They donated some cards, so we, you know. You'd wear a pitch. We'd say it. somebody yelled, "They got chicken sandwich." So like, <laughs> it's a team AB. It's it's helping the team win. What what can we do to promote the things that nobody cares about other than us coaches? So that that's where all that kind of started. And like we do a quality of bat winner each week, and we post that. Uh, we we do the BP sessions, and we chart. Uh, you know, have different things where you might have a winner in BP today. It might be this or. It might be inside this group, or you might get some extra cuts. But we're always trying to make it competitive and, and reward winners, and not necessarily just punish losers. It's usually nothing really too bad, but it, it's just something that, yeah, we have to have a winner and a loser, and we're trying to get better in order to to get our team goals. Oh, life treats winners differently. Period. <laughs> right. I mean, that that's why we're here, right? We're trying to win. A <laughs> well, we're all trying to win one goal. You know, <laughs> we are trying to win and get better. Getting better means I'm putting myself in a good chance to be successful. You know, and it's just what it comes down to, for sure. Oh, dude, this is awesome. Well, I appreciate it. Oh, this is great. It's good, great, 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 great stuff. Um, so, coach, you kind of touched base about this as it's kind of wrap up here. We're getting about an hour. Um. You kind of mentioned this at the beginning, you know, I guess even even all throughout of like I, I would go back and, and and apologize to those guys at my beginning of my career. Like, oh, at the beginning of my career, I would do this. And here's how it is different. So, like, what other like advice, what kind of like what advice would you give like, you know, those those younger coaches or, or your future or what you know now? What do you wish you would have known when you first started? You know, I've always liked to learn. I, I've really I've learned to go ask other coaches, have a group of guys that you trust. And, you know, like I have a guy, some guys now that we can all get together. We'll send emails or texts. I think that's super important to have, you know, what I got this problem. Oh, you have the same problem. You, you think that you're the center of the universe and it's only you that's dealing with this situation, but uh, the grass is brown everywhere. It, it's not going to be just, Oh, if I just go here, it'll be great. You know, only your school has parent issues or problems with get raising money or, or whatever. I got, I think getting a group of guys that you trust, if they're the young coach 
I'm going to find a mentor. I'm going to, you know, most baseball coaches, really all coaches will help. They like to explain and, and give some of the lessons they've learned. I think that's a big thing. I think finding a, a reason to, I think developing the person, um, loving your team, that is huge. Telling them that you love them. Instead of in the beginning, it was more about, we're going to win this game. We're going to do this. I, you know, you want to win, right? Let's get this done. No, it, it's motivating kids to work hard, have a common goal, and just to improve with each other, that family atmosphere. That's what I've learned over the last five to 10 years. I didn't have that in the beginning. I don't have those relationships with those guys 15 years ago that I do in the last five years. Um, I would love to go back and change that. And I would apologize, but I can't. So I just, I learn and you keep going. Oh, fantastic. Coach, I'm sure there's a ton of information that maybe people want to reach out to you more about, like what would be the best way to reach out and maybe talk some baseball with you? Well, my email on the bottom, I mean, I'm assuming you'll attach it, or if you want me just to announce it, it's steve.roof at madison.kyschools.us. It's pretty long. Uh, I don't really have a Twitter or Facebook because when I get home, I want to, <laughs> I try to put some out of the way, spend time with my kids and uh, with my wife. So that, are, I mean, even my, I don't care if they call me, you know, 859-661-2414. That number's out there, so. I would love to talk baseball with anyone, um, share ideas, any of the stuff that we've talked about, I will send them. It, it, it's, there's no secrets, no secret sauce. It's, it's just about getting better and growing the game, just like you're doing with this podcast. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. And I, I think what I, I mean, just, it's just my, you know, I guess we've only known each other since, I guess, what is October, November. Right. Um, and just even that short time knowing, you know, just like your base running stuff's evolving, your pitching stuff's evolving, you know, your hitting stuff evolves. Um, and so, yeah, you might be given what they have now, but like next year it could look different because based off of, Hey, this works better for us now. And we have a new way of saying it or doing it, you know? So I think it's, um, it's just phenomenal. I think one of the best things I could see, like it, it's just you and coach held says it as well, just how much of a worker you are and how much of a constant learner, man, like you are, you're definitely a true Testament of like what you want our kids to do. Like, you're also like an example of that. And I think it's what makes you a great coach, man. I think it's awesome. I appreciate it. We just say the best is yet to come and and we're going to keep getting better all through life. Even with a, a senior who's graduated, I'll just say, hey, how are you doing? The best is yet to come. Hopefully. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. Got to try for that. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that this is the biggest moment, you know, hopefully this isn't the biggest moment for you. Hopefully you have another big one, you know, and absolutely, you know, we're going to enjoy it, but hopefully, you know, there's definitely bigger moments to come for sure. And, and when they look back at high school, I want baseball to be one of the things that w w was what they enjoyed. I mean, mm. we're going to make this, we're going to make this a good experience for you. Hopefully not every kid's going to get what they want, yeah. but and maybe they do look back and say, I enjoyed that experience. Yeah. And I, I see that trend changing. And that's what I really love about this and talking to more guys like yourselves and, and coach box and Butch, like you're saying, like, I think all of us are kind of on the same, but like, look, man, we're putting all this time. In, like we want to enjoy it. We want the kids to enjoy it. They have a great experience. Cause I think that also like when you create a better person you're all growing as individuals you're just enjoying that you're enjoy it's not an easy process but at the same time like it's also we're creating a better experience by having like better people around us right and, and, and like you said i didn't understand that beginning it, it was even some maybe some parents that even told me uh some of these kids are not really enjoying this or uh you know we, you have to get a little better and I, I do exit meetings like everyone does and i'll just say stuff like you know what did you like what did you not like what's something we can do better um, with COVID, that was a little more challenging, and, and our season ended late this year, so I haven't had a chance to do that with our seniors, but I am going to get around and talk, and how can we make this better for the next generation? And um, the seniors take some pride in doing that, which that, that speaks for our culture. Steve Roof, Madison Central High School in Kentucky, just... Coming out with a banger, man. Just a ton of information. I just, from a from a, honestly, from a selfish standpoint, individual standpoint, I got better. As much information he put on to me, even prior to this and the conversation we had after we stopped pressing the record button, and uh, the conversation we'll continue to have now uh, is just incredible. He is always learning. Uh, if there's other pieces of advice that I think that he does really well, is just how much he actually goes out and learns from other people. Um, you know, and it's a great example of that for many coaches, um, from all the different things he does from different guys. And,
but at the same time, you got to come back and you got to make it your own. He's got to make it Madison Central. He's still got to make it right for his guys in Kentucky. It might not be right for my guys in Maryland or my guys um, that's coming from all over the places in summer baseball or, you know, just depending on your setting. So he speaks he speaks to that. Knowing, yes, I, I got to learn and I got to continue to try to get as much as I can, um, but it's got to make sense for me. And it definitely is making sense for them as his results speak for themselves. And um, just a, an incredible, incredible guy. And Coach Roof, I can't thank you enough. Again, if you have not, um, you know, if you didn't catch his email, his email is steve.roof at madison.kyschools.us. Steve.roof, R-O-O-F, at madison.kyschools.us. And he also put his phone number out there during the show. If you had a chance to catch that. So, uh, incredible guy. Heard nothing but great things, and I've seen nothing but great things, and been fortunate to, to get to know him this year. And Coach can't um, wish you enough great, great luck uh, in the future as you continue to do great things and change lives there at Madison Central. So, um, again, big shout out to Netting Professionals. Um, check those guys out at Netting Pros. I can't thank them enough for taking the time to reach out to us and help them be part of that Netting Pro family and their sponsorship for this for our podcast, which is pretty neat. Our first one as a sponsor, so it's pretty cool. So I want to thank Will Miner and those guys there. So check those guys out at Netting Pros and our Netting Pros chat, guys. We've got a pretty great group of people there that I'm proud to be associated with. So uh, until next time, keep getting better.